You're listening to the Practically Pastoring Podcast, where we want to help pastors and church leaders share ideas, become better shepherds and leaders, and have a good time with friends. Welcome back to the Practically Pastoring Conference. My name is Frank, and I am glad that you are conference. here. Conference. Are we li- is this a live recording oh, at the oh, conference? Oh, my bad. I just got so excited <laughs> about the conference that I, I I talked about it too quickly. But hey, no, this is the Practically <laughs> Pastoring podcast, and I am here with my friends uh, all the way in Baltimore, Maryland. We got Jeffrey Simpson. Hey, hey. Down in Sumter, South Carolina, we got Delmar Pete. Hello. My two buddies down in Florida, we got Andrew Larson. Hello, hello. And we got Batman himself, Timothy Miller. Talk to me, talk to me, talk to me, baby. Hey, (laughs) we are feeling goofy today. All right, how you guys doing? Good, good, good. I just want you guys to know that I am so excited about the Practically Pastoring Conference. The conference um, is, I mean, we are under... 180 days. I, we're probably way under that. I, I didn't do the math ahead of time, so I don't know exactly how many days we are. But we are getting closer. This is We're in October now, and we are getting inches closer to February when we are going to be together in the Practically Pastoring Conference. Uh, Tim, what can we expect from uh, Florida in February? Look, you first of all, when, when you get to Lakeview Church, you can expect um, – 36 acres of God's glorious creation, which includes a gloriously created man-made lake uh, that is fully stocked, that will be uh, ready for you to fish in. And we're not even that far from a beach. So if you're really into fishing and you're like, you know what, what about sharks? We might even throw that in there as well. You're talking great weather, great location, but get this guys, even better people. Because wow. your friends are going to be there, and we want you there with us. And your yeah. future friends. Yeah, yeah. Last week, we talked about how there's wrestlers that live in Florida, um, that live in specifically in the Tampa Bay area. Uh, there's also – There's a bunch of them. Right down, Key, right, like, no, right down Keystone Road, like minutes from Tim's house, there's like a – or Tim's house, Tim's church. There is like a neighborhood that five or six current WWE superstars live in. Wow. We've wow. talked about wrestling way too much on this podcast. This <laughs> is <know>. getting weird. <laughs> There's also um, uh, two, um, uh, three amazing pro sports teams. There is the Tampa Bay Rays. There is the Tampa Bay Lightning. Thank you, thank you for not saying Devil Rays. Good, good work. Because <laughs> this isn't 92. This is why we're not calling the Devil <laughs> Rays. And uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Ninety-eight, um, by the way, Double Race came in ninety-eight. Whatever, it's not, it's not the ninety. Frank and numbers have a funny relationship. <laughs> in a in a sermon, dude, I'm not gonna talk about. In, in my sermon, uh, the last time I preached, I made a joke about how, in that I, I preached in that passage where Peter asked Jesus about how often he's supposed to forgive, and he says seven times. And like, if you do the, if you do the study, Jewish tradition says three times. And so I made a joke. I was like, so Peter was trying to flex how forgiving he was. So he took three, multiplied it by two, added one, and he got six. And I was like, wait a minute. That's not how math works. Oh <laughs> you you don't do the count on Sunday morning oh. to your congregants, do you? No, man. Oh, man. man. Oh, no, man. One asked, no, one, no one's ever asking me to count the tithe after church, for sure. <laughs> nice. um, so, uh, so, hey, man, I am so stoked 
about this conference. We are getting so close. So many, so many old friends are going to be there. So many new friends are going to be there. Um, and and you know, honestly, I'm just excited to not be in the Midwest in February. So, dude, I just looked it up, and it's like I forgot how nice it is in February in Florida. Humidity actually pretty low. It's yeah. lower than it usually is. Highs around 80, lows in the 60s. It's it's beautiful. Literally, Florida, the best. Time you might need a you different. might need a sweater in the morning. You might need you, you might know what you might need one of those hoodies made out of t-shirt material but you can have your bathing suit on in the afternoon come back to my place oh, and hoodie on top bathing suit on the bottom yes sir Tim, yeah. or if, if you have those cargo shorts that zip off so like they're cargo, they're cargo <laughs> yes. pants that zip into shorts that that's the that's perfect for february that's the move man that's the move got to keep those calves aired out <laughs> dude I, I had a pair of those zip offs like in middle school those were pretty rad <laughs> You never know when you got to run, I guess. I don't know what, what you got to do. Hey, but go to practicallypasswordconference.com. If you can't tell, the five of us are very, very excited. Uh, if you're wondering, uh, Southwest has already opened up their dates for flights for that time. So you can get a pretty decent ticket for cheap on Southwest. But you can always fly um, – what's that really, really cheap airline that, you know – Spirit. Spirit. You I'm flying fly- – I'm flying Spirit to Columbus, Ohio for my pop-up's 95th birthday in a couple of days. Theologically appropriate. And uh, I'm scared. We call it the Paraclete Airlines for us. uh, (laughs) They teach servant leadership because your pilot also loads the luggage. (laughs) You could also fly Allegiant into the Clearwater, St. Pete Clearwater Airport, which I'll be using. uh, Quite a delightful airport, I have to say. And the airport code for the St. Pete Clearwater Airport is PI. Who doesn't love pie? You know what? The St. Pete Clearwater Airport is like the safety harbor of airports because it's like a hidden gem. It's mm. it's great. That was nice. that was beautiful. Thank you. And this just in this just in 146 days to the conference. 146 days to the practically pastoring conference. So we are super excited. Well, from now, but from we're now. releasing this episode in a week. So 139 days. Waited from when. Missed- just wow. so everybody knows, Andrew is the one handling the technical yeah. money side of it. He just conference. broke kayfabe bad. <laughs> uh, back, to, back to wrestling references. <laughs> we are excited about the Practically Pastoring Conference. It's happening February 21st and 22nd. You're going to want to be there. It's going to be a good time. Hey, let's just dive straight into these clergy cliff notes. But before we do that, let's take a quick break and hear from one of our sponsors. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. So we are back, and we have uh, a very special uh, episode. We're going to actually, instead of reading an article, we're actually not only for this 
clergy cliff note, but also for our main discussion, we're going to take some questions from our listeners. They've left some voicemails. And so this first one for our clergy cliff note time, it's kind of something fun and lighthearted. It's, we have a voicemail from Jim. I think his last name is pronounced Fershi. He says it in the voicemail, Jim Fershi. Uh, let's listen to his question. Hi, my name is Jim Fershi. And I wanted to know what your all's funniest. My name is Jim Fershi, and I wanted to know what your all's funniest church camp stories uh, memories are. There you go. Can we first of all talk about how small church tech booth this this episode is right now, where you're going to play the video, and they start playing it, and it has no sound, so they start it over, and then it's too yeah. low, and they start it yeah. over again. And it sounds like this was recorded on a flip phone or something. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, what uh, summer camp? Man, Man, I've had I've lots of memories. Some of them I can't legally talk about on this podcast, but uh, I want to know, what are some of your favorite memories, either as a student going to camp or as a as a volunteer leader or as a, as the main leader? Well, should should we do two? Should we do one as a student if we have it, and then and then one as as a leader if if you got that too? Because I, I just sure. feel like they're two they're two very very different experiences. So for me as a student in middle school, I'll, I'll never forget um, my my best friend cutting out the mesh netting of his bathing suit. You know the mesh net in boys' bathing suits. Terrible. He he cut out the mesh net, went into the bathroom, and then came out of the bathroom wearing only the mesh net. <laughs> and that was his bedroom attire for the oh, week. So wow. when we got in, we knew the mesh netting was, was busting. I'll just oh, never forget that image as a middle schooler. It was the funniest thing in my life. Oh, man. I, I had a, um, my very first camp experience. Um, it, all I remember is that in my cabin was me and the, and the senior pastor's son. And our camp counselor was this guy who's like, he's one of those guys that like, you you love him when you have him in your church. He's like freshly saved and he still like smells of whatever licentious life he used to live. And so like, like what I mean, like he's like, he's just like a brand new Christian and like, he's a little rough around the edges. I feel like somehow, that guy some baby wipes or something. <laughs> but he, but somehow, I mean, this is probably a bunch of problems already, but like somehow the camp approved him to be a camp counselor. Um, and all I remember is we knew who he was. And we were like stoked because he was like a younger guy. He was maybe in his early 30s or late 20s or something. And right before we went to we all went to bed, he took his shirt off and the dude had nipple piercings. And as a middle school boy, we could not handle that. And we and and the, so the whole camp, my the, the senior pastor's son, his goal was to rip the nipple piercings out of while he was sleeping. And so in the middle of the night, he would be like on top of him grabbing his nipple piercings. Oh and the camp counselor like straight up just like pushing him against the wall and like every single night it was really funny uh man that that was like one of the things that happened that was hilarious in my, when i was growing up man that was fun when i was a youth pastor not too too long ago i guess it was this is probably six or seven years ago now um we were staying at a we were at a young life camp in the ocala national forest a little bit in north florida and i got up my first or second night at this camp is and i went out it is Southwind. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, and so I got up to use the bathroom. So I go back and I, you know, the, so we don't have a bathroom in the cabin. The cabins are just like, you know, these plywood camp cabins. And then there's a, a bathhouse on the outskirts of where all these cabins are. So um, I go to the bathroom. It's like one or two in the morning and I come back into the room and I climb into my bed. The only problem is um, 
I hadn't been there very long and I was in the wrong cabin. See, like we, we had turned our porch light off. And so I walked right past our cabin because it was pitch black. And so I walked into the cabin that had their porch light on thinking it was my cabin. And I climbed in bed with a middle school boy from a different church. <laughs> it was just all kinds of terrifying. And so then, you know, it was as hilarious as, as could be, uh, the, the kid uh, is still in therapy. It's fine. It's cool, whatever. Oh, but so no. then on the last night of camp, I got up and went to the bathroom again. This time it was like 1030 at night, not two or three in the morning. And when I went to the bathroom, uh, the other counselor in my cabin and the guys from the other church had like coordinated to let them know when I was going. So I came back and I got in bed. And this time the kid was in my bed uh, because they had – it was so funny the first time that they wanted me to think that I had – crawled into the wrong cabin again and oh my gosh man boy did we laugh and laugh about that and that Dude, was the that first was like, rule that was the you. year before every kid had a cell phone and oh, i was yeah. so grateful oh. that <laughs> that story didn't make it home until the i could first tell it rule, myself the first rule i remember them teaching us was never sit in a bed in a kid's bed with them because you never know like absolutely just, it, even if it's totally innocent and you're like doing a bible study if they go home and are like yeah my counselor is in my bed with me Yep. It's just a bad idea. So <laughs> just crawling into a kid's bed on accident. I think oh, that there's actually at, must be at a two statistic. in the morning. <laughs> Andrew, there must be some kind of statistic out there about that because like literally my story that I was gonna share was I was at a camp called Look Up Lodge. This was like twelve years ago. And the camps this is a big cabin and they're laid out the same on each side. And it was cry night, you know what I'm out, right? So I stayed yeah. out late, was talking to a kid. And came back in, went to get into my bunk. And when I get my bunk, I hear, what are you doing, Pastor? It was one of my senior high students. Girl, I was, I cut cut on the lights. I was like, like, oh my gosh, I am so sorry. I I told the leader, I was like, I did not know this was that side of the cabin. But I I think my, my favorite youth memory was when I was a student. And our youth pastor, we were on the beach. He rented a beach house. Like we did our, you know how you do your own camps, whatever. Well, it was the last day and the girls went off. So it was just us guys. And the youth pastor was taking a nap. And I was the kid at youth group who always had the camera. That was just me. You know, back in the early 2000s, you had the big hand one, right? Because you didn't have the phones. And uh, we were on the back porch and my friend Derek's back there. It's just me and the boys. I'm like, Derek, I bet you will not streak down into that beach right now. He goes, <laughs> Whatever. Derek strips butt naked. Okay. Runs down, leaves his clothes up here with us, runs all the way down on the beach. I have this on camera, which I probably should delete it. Okay. But like, cause it's on one of my old high apes, but like while he's in the beach, this wedding processional comes down. (laughs) 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 They're getting married on the beach. And Derek is like 50 yards out, <laughs> butt naked on the beach. And he's looking at me and he's he's waving the like, bring me the towel thing. And I'm like, no, I am just zooming in, bro. So he, he, so he realizes he's got to get out like before the wedding gets like super serious because you don't want to be like behind him. So he's just, you know, puts his hands in front of himself and walks out the beach and walks right beside this wedding. And all the groomsmen, this was, this was I'm so glad they were like this. They all just started doing like the golf clap just like that. And he walked and as soon as he got back on the porch, the youth pastor, he's like, What just happened? 
And then we told him, and he's like, give me the camera. Give me the camera. I was like, I didn't record it. But he was like, you can legitimately get me fired for this. I was like, you fell asleep, bro. (laughs) But yeah. It is amazing that so much spiritual formation And so much male nudity happened yes. at the same just, place. <laughs> so it's many, so like, weird. Why is humor and male nudity so connected together? Uh, I would. It, these are one of those moments where I'm sure if we had like a, a woman on the podcast, we one we probably wouldn't be telling some of these jokes. But two, I bet her perspective, her her stories would be very different than uh, straight disgust. Right. Now. Matter of fact, yeah. if a woman if a woman would like to call into our number and share one of her stories, I would actually be interested in that. I would. From some women. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, yeah. If we have any women listening <laughs> still. <laughs> Anymore. <laughs> please, uh, please send well, it in. My, my craziest story like that is um, we were in Costa Rica on a mission trip, and we were staying in these dorms at this missionary's farm that we knew. And uh, I decided it would be a funny prank. I wasn't a student, and I also wasn't like the youth pastor. I was like the – like college intern helper so i had come from that youth group so i knew all everybody there and the boys and girls dorms were pretty far separated so i thought it'd be a pretty funny prank to go into the other guy's dorms with nothing but just a handkerchief on just one (laughs) folded in just the right way and so i got out into the hallway and the guys in my dorm shut the door behind me and locked it which how did i not see that coming and then the pastor the senior pastor came up the stairs onto like the the porch where I was. And of course I was mortified. Like I'm dead. And instead of that, he came and was like, all right, come over here, come over here. I'm going to knock on this door and make them open it. So you can go in there and prank them. So that was pretty funny. And of course, when there's, there's just something about the thrill of getting away with something like that and laughing, that is just so funny. So that's probably one of my most crazy, I guess, funny memories. Other stuff we used to do to each other is like freeze each other's clothes. This is always a pretty funny one. You know, dip somebody's clothes in, in, in water and then put them all in the <laughs> freezer so they, so they don't have any clothes. That kind of stuff always happened. So when I was a um, like first or second year at a Bible college youth pastor, we did thing at uh, at Lake Aurora, Jeff, where, you yep. know, we'd go through and we would do the – we'd give out points for cleanest cabin. Yep. And uh, there was this group of middle school girls who were like so mad that they had never won cleanest cabin. And they were all the kids in my youth group. And so on the last you day, leave chocolates on the pillows. Well, on um, they they left chocolates on the last day. They all took dumps and did not flush. <laughs> Are you serious? And and like they were like the it girls too. They were the you know they were the 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 mean girls. Uh, they were you know they they were the boys that all the girls at the camp were chasing. And uh, you go into their cabin, and they've just like crapped on top of each other's crap. Uh, these toilets were full, and. Uh, they won cleanest cabin that day. I was. I'm still very proud. Man, so many. I mean, if we sat here for much longer, I probably would think of more stories that are just repressed back there in the memories. As we were talking, it just reminds me. All of us sharing these stories reminds me of Hebrews 13. Think about, consider the outcome of your leader's way of life, and imitate their faith. You know, that's just what you want. Their faith, not the other stuff all the time. All I, all I know is. Praise God for sanctification. Praise God for years of maturity. Praise God for being born before social media. <laughs> yeah, <for> Amen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to answer another one of our listeners' questions.
So we are back, and we have a voicemail from Max Venturo, and uh, it's a question about preaching. Let's hear his question. Hey, guys. My name is Max. Uh, I am not a pastor. I am actually an active-duty active Navy sailor, uh, but I am also a seminary student. Um, my pastor is letting me try my hand at preaching at some point during the series our church is currently in, and I'm super grateful for that. Um, I was hoping you guys could give me some advice or tips or uh, anything you might have for uh, a first timer, uh, anything from prep to writing to delivery or anything else you guys might think is relevant. Uh, thank you guys for what you do. See you later. All right. So Max Venturo, thank you for your service. And I think he's at the Navy um, and uh, he's in seminary. I don't think he mentioned what seminary he was in, but uh, he may have an upcoming opportunity to preach at his church in the current series that their church is in. And he just straight up wants any advice for a first time preacher. We've all been there, uh, having our first time. What advice you guys got? Man, there's so many places you can start, but I'm, I'll take it back to the first time I preached. One thing I want to give you first is this, don't judge your future self by this sermon, you know, because like it's you true. can walk away from this sermon the only thing that you should judge is, hey, you were obedient to doing it, you know, um, because it may go wonderful and you may walk away from it and be like, it, it wasn't what I thought. That's OK. <laughs> you know, you are obedient. But I, there are some things you could do to prep um, just like low, low hanging stuff. I would just throw out there and I know you guys can talk for hours on this, but um, know the biggest thing you want them to remember when you leave. Um, I was actually, our intern is, is a budding young minister. And this week he is preaching for the first time at our student services. And um, I asked him, so what's the biggest thing you want them to remember? And he was like, ah, I, I didn't think about it that way. And I mean, that's fair because when you're covering a text, there's so many things as you mine down into that text that you're going to find. I would say uh, a good sermon, it kind of flows out of one, one thought. And you're going to end up leaving a lot of stuff on the threshing floor, so to speak. Don't put it all in your sermon or it might muddle that point. Um, another thing I would say, and this is obviously, this is really obvious, but I just want to get out loud, like practice it, right? Like practice, like every, every week when I preach, I've practiced that sermon. Um, sometimes for me, practicing is walking around the church parking lot, just reading it to myself until I'm literally internalizing it. Sometimes I feel like I actually need to stand up there and say the thing. Um, and then if one, one tip, a piece of advice I would give is as much as you can, um, you, you don't know how many pages are going to equal how many minutes on your first round, right? Like for me, I know the way I manuscript my stuff out. It's a heavy manuscript because I want to be able to go back and use it again if I ever need to. Um, a five pages is a between 28 and 32 minutes for me every single time. I know that. And I have to do that because when I put my sermon in other preaching team members' hands, they need to know where I'm sitting with that. So this is what I do. It helps me out tremendously. And as much as you can, memorize your first page. like Because what that's going to do is that's going to free you up to look at the people and then you're going to experience something. Now, I'm sure you've probably, you may have given briefings and you've probably been in places of authority. Like the, that visual feedback is, is, is very helpful when you're communicating. So you can know, um, kind of, are your people connected with you? And it, you just look at them, they're going to feel connected. And the last thing I would say right now for, and I want to turn it over to you guys is I think it's always wise to record it. 
um, record it. If, if you can't video record it, at least put your iPhone down and mash record so you can listen to yourself later. So that way you could be like, okay, I, I, I transitioned well there. I, I felt, or, or, or right there, I didn't pause long enough. Or you might hear yourself saying like, 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 like over and over again. So recording it. Um, and I said that was last one. One more. If you can have someone there who you trust, who is um, someone you respect as a preacher, I would ask them to come. Um, and say, hey, would you mind sitting in this? Um, and and I'm sure they would give they would be honored to do that and give you some good feedback. I would just say be over prepared and under rehearsed. Um, you know you you don't want to come across as though you know this is a performance piece that you've done time and time again. You want to be able to take out a paragraph if you need to, especially if you're trying to cut for time, it's, it's way better to have to be reeled in than having to be let out. You know, it, so I always try to have more information than I need so that if, you know, the Holy spirit leads and a rabbit trail or a tangent off the manuscript is going to happen. There's, there's more information in my head and in my study that can be shared. Um, but I would rather be over prepared and under rehearsed because I don't want to come across as though it's not authentic and it's not genuine. But I also think lean into what you're doing. You know, hey, this is the first time I've ever done this before. And it's almost like, you know, if you are, if you go to a comedy club, even if the comic isn't that good, you're probably going to laugh because you're in that place where you're prepared to laugh. If you are at a church and the guest preacher, is a member of the congregation who's loved by the congregation. And you just say to the congregation, Hey, all this is the first time I've done this. Um, the amount of grace that you're going to be shown is a whole lot more. But if you go in there and you, you know, kind of say, Oh, this is old hat. I'm the old pro. Um, then they're going to expect old pro out of you. So lean into exactly what you are and what you're doing. I would say, uh, practically speaking, one, one thing you can do is get, as many clear expectate clear concrete expectations from whoever is giving you the opportunity as possible. So how long do you want me to preach? What time do you want me to show up? What exactly do you want me to cover? Is this part of a series, not part of a series? Um, and you know, do, do I, if I have slides, when do I need to give them to you? Try to remove all those variables. Cause I know for me, the first couple times preaching, those really were the things that like distracted me from the actual moment of delivery and, um, and then from there, I would say, uh, your first time you got to pick a way that you're going to have notes, um, and like kind of go with it. And whoever said practice, uh, a little bit ago, I would definitely echo that. I still practice my sermons, not every week, but most weeks. Um, and by now I've kind of figured out I preach from an iPad, but maybe that makes you real uncomfortable. Um, for sure, it's not a like the week you're about to deliver your first sermon is not the time to experiment uh, and think, you know what, maybe, you know, I, maybe I'll change it up and, and go with this kind of notes or whatever. So pick a way that you're going to do notes. If that's a printout, then print it out, have it ready. Uh, funny story for me, I was doing a Bible study at my like church I grew up at, and it was one of the one of the first times I was doing any kind of upfront teaching. And I, <laughs> I had notes and um this is the same senior pastor I mentioned a little while ago, but he came up unbeknownst to me when I went to like get a drink or something beforehand. And he rearranged my pages 
before it came up, and I made the mistake of not having. That is so mean, <laughs> super mean, but it was super funny. Um, but he, uh, he, I didn't have um, page numbers, so for sure, if you're going to have a printout, even if you handwrite page numbers, uh, because those are the kind of things that will happen to you in the first time. Make sure you know how the microphone turns on and off, like just little simple things like that. When it's your first time and you're already nervous. If a couple little snafus like that happen to you, it can really throw you off. So, um, and then in terms of the content, I would recommend that, you, that if it's your first time preaching, stick with an exegetical sermon. Stick with a sermon where you're not trying to cover a topic and make kind of make something stick. You're just walking through what the text says because there's so many resources for that, and you don't have to come up with what the content of the sermon is. Like the the point of the sermon is in the text. So if you can, you know. Pick a text you really like. If you have a favorite, uh, maybe like a life verse or something that's really meaningful to you, um, then exegete that text really well. And I think that you'll do better than trying to do some topical thing on your first try. Jeff, that was very, very practical. So I just want to commend you for being so practical on the Practically Pastoring podcast. Uh, I, I would echo that as well as uh, Andrew. I... I'm with you on this whole idea of lean into what this is. This is your first time preaching. I would open with that. I had a I had a moment of honesty uh, this past Sunday. Uh, I I openly said we are tackling the book of Esther, and it's a very difficult book to preach through. So I understand that uh, there there may be some things that I say you may not agree with, and I just I just want to apologize up front if I'm not clearly communicating what I'm trying to get at here. And I had so much great feedback after the sermon from just that that kind of moment of honesty of this is a really tough book to tackle. And I think I even said at one point in the sermon, I'm probably in over my head trying to go through this book verse by verse. And people were like, yeah, I, I get that because we're doing it in our home group too. So I would I would lean into this is my, this is my first time preaching. Uh, on a practical note, uh, do not think you have to come up with all this original content. There are so many great resources out there. Uh, I would I would read some sermons that you like from some of your favorite preachers on on that text and, and get a couple of nuggets from there and then share. Hey, you know, I, I I read this sermon this week and I, I loved what this pastor had to say at this point. And not, there's nothing wrong with that. That's that's street cred, man. There, so I would just say don't don't feel like you have to be the hero and, and you have to come up with all this original stuff. But uh, from all the other guys, there's been some great great practical content. Yeah, for quoting you. somebody else doesn't make you look. Like you couldn't come up with some with something on your own. Quoting somebody else makes it look like you studied. So by all means, yeah. tap into what somebody else has done and don't try to recreate the wheel. And I would just say, remember that you know, from the other side of that now as as the senior pastor who has asked people in my congregation to teach or preach, that senior pastor asked you because he wanted you. Um, and that was actually, you know, to go back to my note flipping, page flipping story, that's what my senior pastor said to me after he said, hey, I wanted to hear you more than I wanted to hear your notes. And I kind of wanted to just mess with you because we had that kind of relationship. But, um, you know, just I would just encourage you, whoever is giving you this opportunity to preach, picked you on purpose. They know your personality. I'm going to assume they know you. They've seen you in church. They know your personality. So that's what they're looking for. They're not looking for you to be somebody you're not. So I think if we, I mean, if we summarized everything all of us have said, it's basically like be authentic, like be yourself. And if yourself is a first time preacher, then be that because the person who is asking you to preach 
asked someone who they knew this was going to be their first time and they wanted that. So just remember that and go with that. I'm going to add one bonus one real quick. And that's make, make the pastor, the hero, find a way to make your senior pastor look good, talk good about him because like, I, I don't know you, but I'm guessing that you're kind of the GI Joe type. That's why you're serving our country. That's why you're in semi, you're, you're in grad school while you're working a full-time job that takes up a lot of time. You are a competent person and the church knows that you're a competent person. Mm-hmm. And when they look at you, they see Captain America. So it's really easy to make yourself the hero because that's kind of how people are going to look at you anyway. Try to find a way to make the senior pastor the hero and he will love you forever and will ask you to preach again. Tim said, read sermons. I think that's wise. Like when you're prepping, like it's, it's okay to read sermons. And I would advise you, especially if it's your first time, try not to listen to them because what we end up doing is we tend to mimic the people we listen to. Um, one of the best advice that was ever given to me was that preaching is God's truth wrapped in man's personality. And when you're on that stage, if these people know you, the best thing they need to see is you. Um, and that will translate very well. So practically speaking, I like all the stuff that Jeff said about like finding out the time. I would actually encourage you find out the Bible trend. Like if you, if you go to this church, what Bible translation they already use, find out um, yeah. if, you know, if, if you could, you know, we have a whole episode. If you go to our archive about kind of what we bring into the pulpit. So some of us just yep. use an iPad. Some of us use an iPad and a Bible. Um, there's some good conversations in there. If you look in our archive. Um, I would, I would make sure that you're intentional about like, this is not your day to stir the pot and try to reform the church or, you know what I'm saying? Like, so, so, uh, if the senior pastor wears a tie and khakis, you should wear a tie and khakis. If the senior pastor wears jeans and a button down, you can wear your jeans and a button down. Um, you should also get a haircut the Thursday before, <laughs> cause, uh, uh, by the time you get to Sunday, your haircut will be perfect. Um, but so I would say, make sure you're not. Don't try to stir the pot. I I don't I don't get this vibe from you from the voicemail. I feel like there are some kind of like seminarians, young pastors who are kind of jaded towards the church they're in. So when they get the opportunity to be in leadership, they just want to like completely just turn it upside down. If you want to make change in your church, it's it's a long, steady um, pace that you need to commit to. Not your one Sunday behind a pulpit, like 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 uh, like it's over and over again. Make much of the pastor, make much of the leadership you're in, as opposed to like trying to do anything big. I would say this: um, make much of the church, make much of the pastor. But this is your first sermon, so you have no. Rep- I'm, I'm I'm assuming if you're if you're preaching, you don't probably have a ton of rapport with the congregation. In which case, don't be afraid to use like if you're married, talk about your wife. If you have kids, talk about your kids. Use illustrations about your family um, to kind of win them over. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I think like, uh, yeah, I like the idea of doing exegetical preaching if that's where you are in a series. And and one last thing, because you're a seminary student. And when I was in Bible college, my first few sermons were like this. And now my sermons are nothing like this. When you're in school, you're taught to find everything in the text and put it all on paper. That's not what preaching is. What preaching is, is figuring out what the text actually says and then determining what your people need from the truth of the text. And so I think it was Delmar that said, like, there's going to be some stuff on the cutting room floor. Like, I think all of us over years of preaching realize that what we study and what we preach 
what we preach is like 10% of what we studied. You know what I'm saying? There's so much more. St- your commentaries are going to have so much more stuff than what you're going to preach on. In fact, there's some stuff that's good for commentary that's terrible for a sermon. And um, and so there's going to be – I mean, you're going to have to learn that. And, again, practice, practice, practice. Uh, one thing that we did in our preaching classes in Bible college that were both terrifying but awesome is that the, when we practice, we record our practices, and then we mm-hmm. watch it back. And so you can hear those like, like, likes that we mentioned earlier. But you can also see maybe you have some um, physical, like, um, nervous tics that you're not even aware of, and it's good to catch those. So, like, if you can practice your sermon – videotape yourself from a distance so you can see your full body so you can see what your body's doing and then you can critique it and figure it out later all right well we're going to take a quick break and when we come back we will wrap up the show Guys, I think we really did a good job of synthesizing this podcast to everything Practically Pastoring is about. We laughed a lot, and we also gave some very, very practical tips and advice about pastoring. So uh, we did a good job. The only thing we need to do now is have a conference about it. So Practically Pastoring Conference, February 21st, get your tickets. It's going to be awesome. There will be no streaking at this conference. Absolutely not. None. No streaking. We'll be taking all the Pepto-Bismol for no diarrhea. <laughs> There'll be uh, we'll ibuprofen. Be we'll hand that out. Yeah, I'm in. I'm gonna. I'm probably gonna get a hotel or stay with family, so I'm not gonna jump in anyone else's beds. Not interested in being in cabins, so that's good. Andrew will be at home, so he's not gonna wander into your bed by mistake at night. Um, this has been a great episode. I've thoroughly enjoyed it, and we're gonna do this again next week. With that being said. I'm Frank Gill. I'm Jeff Simpson. I'm Delmar Pete. I'm Andrew Larson. And I'm Timothy Miller. And this is Practically Pastoring. See you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening. Get connected to other pastors by joining the Practically Pastoring Facebook group, where we get to share ideas and make each other better.